Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Derek. Hey, Derek. How's it going, dude? Fantastic. Doing all right. We got it. It is the season. You know, it's funny we're saying that now, but we probably won't release this until after Christmas and New Year. So uh, happy happy holidays, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, all that stuff. But I uh, hope you had a great <laughs> Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, because mm-hmm. you probably won't hear this till after the first of the year. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, we're not very good at, at, at uh, planning this stuff. I don't know if you guys noticed. We did the same thing with Thanksgiving. Um Maybe we should plan this out. I don't. We're not. Whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I don't think we, anyone. We, we listening told them beforehand. Them. At least, as long as you tell them beforehand, you're going to miss. It and it's all good. That's true. All right. So, Derek, we got a a, a really awesome episode today. I'm really excited. Uh, we've got Dagna Vieta on. Dagna is a software engineer turned career coach. Her clients have worked at big names like LinkedIn, Amazon, Google, Disney, as well as some some smaller companies. She's been coding for the last 10 plus years. She's been coaching for the last two plus years. She's been helping her clients advance in their careers and reach their full potential. She's the tough love, I've been in your shoes kind of coach. And over the Mm -hmm. last two years, she's seen a lot of her clients at or near burnout running on autopilot. And today, Derek... Uh, Dagna is going to talk to us uh, about burnout, about running an autopilot, some tips, some tricks, some warning signs to help us avoid burnout. And I think this is probably like a good time of the year to talk about that when a lot of us are taking off, kind of taking a minute to think. And then next year, or I guess hopefully, (laughs) since it's already probably after the first of the year when you're listening to this, you've got some goals for the year. I think this is going to help some of our guests set set some of these goals. So I think it's pretty, pretty gosh darn timely. Um, so Dagna, welcome to the Retro Time Podcast. It is wonderful to have you. Uh, Jen Dobre, Chesh, Vitam. <laughs> you told me another thing. I can't remember. It sounded like, Zeprasham. excuse me. Uh, that's Zeprasham. Is that right? Zeprasham. Zeprasham. <laughs> All right. Prasham. Welcome. So if you haven't guessed, Dagna is from, originally from Poland. Um, and so she gets to listen to us butcher Polish. So I really appreciate that you guys are giving it a try. I mean, I know it's hard. I I really know and really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, move on trohe trohe po polsku. Move on trohe. I gotta get it. Trohe po polsku. I think it sounds great. I speak a little. A little I feel like the most important phrase you need to know though is nazdrowie, which is cheers when you're cheers. Drinking. That was it. Yeah. We before uh, the show we said eggs. Uh, that was that's yep, Hungarian. Yeah. Uh, not throw in two languages. There we go. All right. So Piart, uh, Adam, who else? We got. Um, I'm, oh God, now I'm missing somebody. And oh, Mache, all my buddies out in uh, mm. in uh, in Warsaw. This is for you guys. You gotta all send right. them this episode, you know, and be like, "Hey, oh, yeah. I got, I got someone <laughs> from Poland originally." <laughs> you know? And then they're like, "Why didn't you interview me? Uh, yeah, I'm in Poland." Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, she's uh, actually Dagna's in uh, Eastern Standard Time, so it's a little bit easier. <laughs> Oh, that's easier for sure. All right. So, uh, Dagna, so welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you. So before we get started, let's talk a little bit about burnout, running on autopilot. What do you mean when you say that most devs are are running their career on autopilot? What do you mean? Yeah. So autopilot is essentially, in my definition, doing things in your career without putting much thought into it, right? So you kind of like set the course and you go through the motion, but mentally you're not present. You're either thinking about the past or worrying about the future. For software developers that I work with as a career coach, that essentially means doing things how they were doing at the very beginning of their careers, right? So that's 
chasing the answers to the problems, researching the ends of the internet in the quest to find the solution, even if it's past the midnight, right? And that can lead to burnout. Mm. So Mm. all night burning the midnight oil, clearly, I guess, is that, that's where it came from, burning the midnight oil, maybe. Yeah, well, it's dangerous too, because if the oil spills, it's fire, burns a house down, yeah. (laughs) So, so all night, true. constantly working. And so um, when we think about this idea of, of running an autopilot, it's basically just going through the motions every day. Same thing every day. Just enough, I mean, I guess the, the bad thing about that is, you know, you're not advancing in your career, right? Is that kind of the, the idea? Well, the idea behind my coaching is to really be mindful. And that's mm-hmm. where the name of my business comes from, is to stop for a moment and think, okay, what it is that I want from life, you know, mm-hmm. not just reacting to kind of like the job offers that you're getting from recruiters on LinkedIn, but really being kind of like thoughtful about what sparks your fire, what brings you fulfillment in life, and then how a job can facilitate that, right? And help to pay for the bills. <laughs> you know, one of the things I was thinking about too, Derek, we, we talked about this a while back is this idea of, um, you know, we, especially in like large corporations, people kind of get stuck in this rut and they just sort of do the the minimum, the bare minimum to just get a mm-hmm. paycheck. And and we were talking about this, like how how that's bad for some but then other people, I guess, depending on where you are in your career, um, it, it might not be all that bad, you know, depending on where you are and what your goals are. So, like, I guess I'm thinking, you know, I've I've got two kids. I could easily see a point where someone's like, you know what? I don't need to worry about the next bonus or the next promotion. I just want to, like, get through the next year or two, get my kids out of diapers, <laughs> you know, get like get this, like, baby finished with the bottle and then just, like, you know, focus on that. I'm, I'm curious. Do you have ever experienced that in your coaching where you see, the like, different people in different roles? And is it always bad? I'm curious what you think. It's not always bad because you can be at a point whenever you're comfortable in your career and you're just exactly where you want to be. And that happened to me in one at one point in my career, right? I was at that situation where I thought that I landed my dream engineering gig. You know, it was awesome. I got to create new software product from scratch. I got to learn on the job. I got to kind of like clock out after five and, you know, have that family time, really good uh, quote unquote work-life mm-hmm. balance, although I yeah. hate that term. Really? And, okay. you know, at that point, I thought, man, I really f- nailed a job that is fulfilling a dream. And I was comfortable for a moment. Mm-hmm. And after the years have passed by, I realized that I want more, you know, uh, yeah. like, what's the next thing for me? And I feel like it's very normal to always keep chasing something, right? And nothing wrong with being comfortable where you are and happy about, you know, the spot in your career and the company that you're working for. But for a lot of us, you know, that only lasts, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of like, okay, this is good, but it's boring. And I have all this potential in me. So like, what do I do now? What do I do next? Now, depending on where you are in your career, um, if you haven't gotten to that point of burnout, that's great. But sometimes, you know, with burnout, it's a tricky thing because it's not like you just wake up one day and all of a sudden you have burnout, right? Right, right. It builds up and... It's really hard sometimes to differentiate between kind of like that situation when you feel you're being tired 
versus the situation where you're burning yourself out. So uh, like you mentioned, you know, some things to watch out for that we're going to talk about in just a moment um, would be being more cynical and detached. And it's a funny thing because I noticed that in your show, you guys are kind of cynical and you like to throw sarcasm here and there. So, hmm. We do 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 that, Derek. Derek, Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is there something to look into there? (laughs) Oh, are you saying we might be burned out? Uh, yeah, you know, we're each other's therapists. Uh, we, we, this is the whole point of the show. I feel like if we didn't have the show, um, chances are very good. Um, we'd be running on autopilot, <laughs> but no, that's I mean, that's a good point because I, you know, I've been thinking about that quite a bit. Um, and we do this show in a lot of ways to cope with the environment we're in, you know, uh, whether it's our job, our, 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 the combination of our home life and our work life. And this is a way for us to communicate and also to kind of share insights we have along the way, the journey of trying to figure out how do you get mindful in this space. I think that's what we're aiming for. We're trying to get more mindful and get more in the moment. I'm finding it I'm finding it interesting because when you describe when what Jeremy was describing as uh, uh, complacency, it is in its in itself consistency. So you're being consistent, but you're being consistent on a level field. You're never increasing at a consistent rate, you know, increasing oh, yeah. your knowledge, increasing yourself. So I'm curious if, if that plays into, yeah, if that if the fact that of it's the cl- a consistent climb as opposed to a consistent plateau, if that's part of kind of your the way you approach this kind of thing. Yeah, if you feel that you're stuck in your career, right? This is probably because you're running on autopilot, Mm -hmm. right? So you're kind of like going through the motions, you're doing what you're told, you're implementing the new features, creating new product roadmaps, but you feel like, okay, I've been doing this consistently, but it's not really taking me anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So I totally uh, get this point that you were talking about, Derek, just a moment ago, that it totally is that, like, being consistent but like moving on a plane rather than going up going up requires stopping for a moment and thinking about where it is that you're going right yeah. and what it is that you're doing and if the actions that you take are congruent with your willingness to grow and here's a fun um, example jeremy you mentioned you had kids i also have two little kids and oftentimes i have to like drop them off in two different places right because they're uh, two different age groups and i remember one time i had to like change my morning routine and drop off my first one uh somewhere else and then the other one in the other direction and i completely messed it up because in my (laughs) mind i was thinking about something Oh, yeah. And the autopilot like took me driving as we usually do. And you would think that driving is a complex activity. But turns out oh, if yeah, you're so lost no, in thought, no, no. you might find yourself driving somewhere just because that's what you routinely do. Yeah. Right. So even mm-hmm. though consciously I was like, nope, we have to change up the routine today because of X, Y, Z. We still ended up like driving our actions with autopilot. Right. And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But in terms of career, and you mentioned yeah, something I, I think is is really is worth highlighting, though, the idea of just moving in a direction or moving you know, up or wherever is not good if you don't have a goal in mind. You know, this idea that, you know, 
getting promotions and being a manager is very different from an individual contributor track. So if you just like are mindlessly taking promotions for a manager, but like you, you, you realize like, wait a minute, this wasn't what I wanted. Um, you didn't stop to, to think about it. Um, I think that's as important that goal setting and thinking about that is, is maybe as important as the, the journey to get there. Yeah, totally. Totally agree on that. So you mentioned something a minute ago that I want to come back to, and you said you don't like the idea of work-life balance. Is it just the, what about that? Is What about it? What about that? That is, I can't talk today. What about it? <laughs> what is it okay. that you don't like about it? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so first of all, why does work-life balance put work on the first place? Oh, I see. Right? Mm. And why is life second? Right? Yeah. Why isn't it life-work balance? Yeah, and I balance. think it might be my European upbringing. So, you know, coming to United States, seeing how different culture is, I really oh, yeah. feel and, and this is this is coming from me applying for jobs. And, you know, I had this interview and this guy tells me like, oh, we offer three weeks of time off. We're generous. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I right. had that back at home. Like I had four weeks just because I graduated and because that's the law in Poland. Right. You get yeah. 21 days right off the bat. And then as you advance with career, you get 25 days off time off yeah. and that does not include sick time <laughs> yeah. so essentially going back to what i'm trying to say is in europe this kind of like thinking is more about we work to live whereas in the united states it really sometimes feel like it is living to work oh, so the work-life balance you know really stresses the work first and that's what i dislike it so much about it. I feel like it should be more about, I don't have a better term, but I just yeah. subconsciously, this is how I interpret it. And this is what I don't like it about. Yeah. It. Well, you know, I, I wonder like, cause there's so much about burnout that, you know, comes directly from that concept of living to work essentially. I think, um, I don't know if you found something similar. Um, but I, I wonder, like, if, if COVID and working remotely, everyone's now kind of that sort of model is, I don't want to say flipped because I don't know how much it's really flipped, but it's it's kind of gotten upset, I guess. That model's been upset now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's at home and your work and your life are now more intertangled uh, than ever before, right? Kids might be home. You've got, like, dogs barking and all these things happening in the background that you would never have in a normal office setting. And your life and work now become... I don't know, like like, like a, a, a twisted mess <laughs> of 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 stuff. Um, I'm curious, have you noticed any differences with, is, is that become like harder for people, do you think? Or maybe it's made it easier for them to say, you know, hold on, let me just put this meeting off. Or... Yeah, I think the values that we attach to things have changed. And I want to go back to what you said a moment ago, Jeremy, about, you know, oh, I got a promotion and maybe I didn't really want it. So there's one thing about realizing what it is that you want out of life and what it is that you feel you're expected to do in your life, right? So a lot of software engineers that work with me as a career coach come to me and, you know, they talk to me about how they feel like they're behind comparing themselves to their peers or how uh, they're not successful in the eyes of their parents because they haven't gotten a PhD, even though they don't need it for being a software engineer and for being good at their job. So, you know, there is a big distinction between what it is that you value versus what you think that people require you to do for you to be valuable in their eyes, right? So I think with the pandemic and staying at home is we're trying, we're now opening up our 
eyes to seeing what it is that we actually value and what it is that we care about and trying to like figure how all of that works together. Well, I'm, Derek, I'm curious what you think about this. I feel like you and I probably are, are very similar in this regard, but I, I found that instead of being expected to be present for 40 hours, the model is now becoming, you know, you're supposed to get what you said you would get done within the time frame that you said you would do it. And whether that happens in 40 hours, 20 hours, 45 hours, whatever, if it happens at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., you're being judged now on getting that stuff done more than being in a seat in a desk. And I've found that to be a little bit more freeing since we all been, we've all been working from home, being able to do what I need to do when I can get it done and then focus on the work stuff or the life stuff when I need to focus on either. It's been easier in a sense that there is a uh, there's less of a distinction between uh, being with my family and being at work, and I have been in some deep deep burnout. Um, so what you see, uh, Dagna, uh, the cynicism is probably residual from these these like <laughs> these like deep wells that I've been in, and it's I find it to it's all self inflicted stuff, and so. I feel like I did learn quite a bit from it, um, things about not working after hours. And sometimes it's like, I, fe- I feel like some of this stuff is kind of a drug. And you you take it and you get accolades for it. And that's the, that's the, that's the high, you know? Like people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you stayed up till midnight and worked on that thing. Now we have all of the features and everybody's happy. Instead of taking care of yourself, you don't get rewarded for that quite as much, you know. Yeah. No, um, I I totally agree, dude. I, I like um. Oh, you worked all weekend. Oh, we shouldn't have worked all weekend. But man, look, go oh, look how much stuff we got done. Great, but you did it yeah. so quick. I and mean, now it's gonna we're gonna meet our deadline, and you are, you know, rewarded for that for sure. Um, and that I, it's just interesting because it is. I you get like that dopamine hit, right? Just like you would with like people liking your stuff on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Same kind of stuff. That's a really interesting insight, Derek. So it hit me. That being at home now, I, I've, I've been through that feeling and I don't want that feeling anymore. I feel like that's a lot of times what happens to people is they experience a feeling and they never want to feel it again. Whether it's being really sick from drinking or something like I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to drink 10 uh, Jack and Cokes anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to do it because that yeah, feeling right. <laughs> is something I never want again. And I had a good friend of mine tell me procrastination, the feeling of procrastination in his gut, in his soul, made him want to throw up. So early on, he didn't procrastinate. Very early on in his life, he became, you know, he became like, you know, I don't know, very high in his class and all this stuff. But it's all that feeling. Because I wanted to get to the, I wanted to get to the core of, of sort of like, man, how did you, how did you like never get a B? Or, you know, like, how did you pull that <laughs> off? You know, because like, I, I would be like hanging out, playing in bands and hanging with my buddies. So it's that core feeling. But now the thing I miss about being in an office is the change of setting. Yeah. The change of setting, the 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 cultural, the community of language, the community of feeling around we're all in this we're all in this together, you know, yeah. in this you know, accomplishing this mission and we can kind of just tune everything else out while we focus on this. I miss that a little bit. I miss the sense of community around the thing I know a lot about, you know. Anyway. Yeah, I was thinking about this too because, um, you know, hopping on a, a Slack call or Teams, whatever you use, Zoom, whatever, 
uh, stand up every day at the same time, you know, then you go and you go downstairs. You get, it's like just becomes this routine, this monotonous routine. You know, you see the same you see well, you don't see any of the same people. You just see them on a screen. You see your dog. You see maybe your wife or your partner or something. Um, your kids are at school or they're not. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it just becomes like monotonous at home. And I, I to me, I, I've kind of sensed that. You know, I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, Dagan, when you think about running on autopilot, but um, the day to day, you know, like the day to day becomes autopilot, which leads to your career being on autopilot. I don't know if that's there's a connection there, Um, but I don't know. I'm curious, like, have you have you had in your any experience anecdotally or not about this pre or post covid have new things led to burnout in different ways, maybe? Yeah, change your approach at all. Yeah, I'm curious. So here's what happened for me uh, during COVID. I made a huge and bold step and moved into entrepreneurship. Mm. So I had my nine to five being a yeah. senior software engineer. And because I now knew that I had to be stuck at home, I I was like, well, might as well just work for myself instead of someone else. Because sure. If I were to make that move a year or two earlier, I would definitely miss that part that Derek was talking about, Mm -hmm. that companionship, uh, feeling like you're working on something together with other people and having this different kind of mindset whenever you get to work, like as if you, you know, kind of like arriving to that physical space changed my mindset and I was like okay this is the work mindset and then after I got my work done I would go home and have my home mindset right and not think about work um it kind of goes back to having boundaries though I'm I know not everyone um can leave work at work right and with uh everybody working at home now it gets even more blurred right like how do you set those expectations those boundaries and you know um do the things that you need to do at work while also doing the things that you have to get done at home uh, with all the distractions happening. Um, but I think I'm, I just missed your point, Jeremy. <laughs> so would you mind repeating? Oh yeah. Well, no, what I was asking was like, um, I'm curious if, you know, uh, and maybe it, maybe it isn't any different. It's just a change of setting, but um, the, the idea of being in the office, seeing different people, or I, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it is no different. I was just thinking about how, like, you know, you see the same people on, on Slack or teams or whatever. And you, you know, you have a stand up, you do your thing, you submit some code, somebody reviews it. You don't see anybody. You're just by yourself or you, you might have your partner or somebody there, or you're maybe your dog or maybe your kids, but like, it's just the same thing every, every day over and over again. But the more I think about it, I guess it's not that much different than <laughs> going to stand up, going to get a coffee, going to get water from the water cooler, going back to your desk, doing this. But what about the, the stuff window, in between, you know? man? What about all the yeah. shared experiences of the fire alarm going off or like, yeah. you know, like the site having a, you know, all all hands site thing. And then you're just whispering to your friend like, oh, this guy, shut up. By the way, all my site leads were wonderful. If you're listening, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I not guess the other right. guy. I don't know. I, that's what well, that's what I was asking, though. The, the idea, though. Um have you noticed with coaching like pre or post COVID um, that those reasons for burnout being any different? I guess that was what I was asking, but I think what you had said was your, you, you mostly been coaching during COVID to two years. So what happened with with my career and I've been coaching for, it's going to hit, it's three years in in January actually. So essentially um, the, the people that I've been coaching prior to COVID have, um, 
the way I set up my business initially was as a side hustle. So I had my nine to five and then I started coaching on the side to see if that could be a viable business. And the moment that I saw that my clients had results and I could actually do it, COVID just kind of like pushed me over the edge and said, hey, you're going to be stuck at home anyway. So might as well make this transition into entrepreneurship now because the timing was essentially right for me since essentially we had to stay at home anyway. Um, In terms of my clients coming to me and, you know, suffering from burnout, the reasons are fairly similar because it, again, it stems from whether you're being mindful about what it is that you want to do in life or your career versus what it is that you're doing, right? So are you running on that autopilot and just doing what you're told and following your routine? Or are you stopping for a moment to think, okay, what it is that I want? And a lot of people that come to me, they have no idea what it is that they want, or they're pulled in so many different directions that they have trouble really nailing down what it is that they should be focusing on because they want to kind of like put their work into places that will yield most satisfying results, right? So one thing, the first thing that I actually do with my clients is really nailing down the definition of fulfillment for them by tracing back their values across all areas of life and then figuring out how that translates to a workplace and how your current workplace works with that value list Mm. or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, how do you find companies that fit, that would support what it is that you want to do with life and that um, support whether with the flexibility they offer or the benefits. Uh, You know, there's so many benefits that companies are now coming up with for day work week, right? Um, Sabbatical leave, uh, working from anywhere. So they're becoming super more creative in the search for talent um, as it moves. I mean, and I know I'm kind of like deviating from the topic here, but in terms of burnout, you know, my clients are, um, again, suffering because they are not really mindful about what it is that they're doing. All right. Well, let's take a step back and let's think about like some of the, the listeners, people who are listening what are some signs of burnout or running on autopilot that, because like you said, it kind of creeps up on you. Yeah. What are some things that you've noticed that are just sort of classic signs? Like, oh, you're burnt out. Like you mentioned our cynicism before, but what are, what are, yeah. what are some other things? Yeah. So, you know, citing psychology today, some symptoms to watch out for are exactly that feeling cynical and detached from what it is that you're doing, feeling like you're not, you know, like your work doesn't have a meaning or a purpose. You're just kind of like doing what you're told. Mm-hmm. Another thing is being exhausted in terms of both physically and emotionally. So if you wake up every morning and you feel like, oh, geez, I got to work today, another well, day, yeah. then you are probably, you know, heading in the direction of burnout or you're already there. And if you're feeling ineffective at work, you know, mustering up that motivation Mm -hmm. to get your shit done, if it's hard, you're probably, again, heading in that direction of burnout. So I'm curious, though, with the exhaustion, how do you tell if it's your job or your kids? (laughs) There's some way to to know. It's my kids wearing me out or it's the job. Maybe a little of both. (laughs) Well, it kind of goes back to figuring out what your values are, what it is that brings you excitement and joy in life, you know, and Mm -hmm. how to get more of that 
in your life. Yeah. So for example, in, uh, you know, the two things I absolutely love in my life is being with my kids and being away from my kids. <laughs> I was going to say, I love picking them up from school <laughs> and I love when they go to bed. That's <laughs> like two of my favorite. <laughs> uh, I love it's knowing like that this book is the last book. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so, so funny. So the, the way to like figure out is kind of like, one, figure out your values, what it is that sparks your fire and enthusiasm and what it is, like how to get more of that. But the second thing is, reframe it reprogram how you think about it right like, like every time my son throws a tantrum the way i like to think about it is okay he's growing he's experiencing these emotions that he doesn't know how to deal with so i'm just going to let him experience that and then we'll have a conversation as much as you can have a conversation with a three-year-old <laughs> but you know with that kind of mindset i can just let it be. And I don't get frustrated about it. Right. So a lot of uh, frustration with daily tasks that might also um, happen a lot more whenever you're burnt out because you just don't have this capacity to take shit in. Mm -hmm. You're just like a walking bomb that is about to explode. It's reframing how you think about things, like literally reprogramming your mind. All right. So give us, give me an example of that. How would you, um, like a classic, I don't know, developer problem. And what would you tell one of your clients? Yeah. Okay. So I, I actually have a great one because I just had a conversation yesterday on that particular topic where a more junior, more early in their career developer came to me and has said, Hey, I got a horrible feedback on my design document. I think they're going to put me on the performance improvement plan. I think I'm in trouble. They're going to fire me. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So the way he taught about the feedback was this means the feedback that he got from a more senior engineer. This means I'm an idiot. I cannot do this. I'm just really bad at doing things. And, you know, I should have known more by that time. So this is all in his mind, kind of like running in his head. Right. And after we had conversation, I was telling him like, look, what is going on in your mind? All these negative thoughts that are preventing you from falling asleep at night because there's like so many of them is because of your interpretation of mm. the event. Mm. Right. If you were to think about the event as a growth opportunity, if you came to it in the growth mindset, as in either I win and I accomplish what I wanted or I learn, if you take it as a learning opportunity, that changes how then you talk to yourself in your own head, right? So then he became less critical of himself. And, you know, after the session that we had, he was like, whew, you know, feeling like a huge weight to just drop off his shoulders. And all we talked about is changing the meaning that he assigned to that particular feedback. I love that. Yeah, that's that's great feedback. I mean, that's that's something to think about in any situation, not even just at work. <laughs> like, you know, Absolutely. Personal life, whatever, with your your family, with your kids, with your wife, husband, whatever. Uh, that's a good feedback. I need to I need to work on that, Derek. <laughs> Jeremy. Yes, uh, by the way, you do. I mean, we, I've been meaning to talk to you about <laughs> oh, that. I've been meaning to give you some performance improvement uh, yeah. notes. Put me on a pit. No, you're fantastic. Don't go on. No, you're pit. fantastic. Beard's looking great, by the way. Thanks, man. Um, you bet. Uh, so I have had an experience where, you know, I, I felt this, this, this feeling of, I, I shouldn't even be in this job. I shouldn't even be, I don't even be, deserve to be in the same room with these people. 
this feeling of being kind of an imposter mm. in in the in the the situation. But I figured out something that helps me, and it's something that I found I have to practice. And it's going back to where I know I'm comfortable, and then working forwards from there. So, for example, if it's a programming problem, sometimes going back a little further than where I feel like I'm comfortable with. Do I even understand how the compiler works? You know, how does this thing work? All right, what buttons do I press? All right, go back. Completely safe environment. I'm doing it myself. I'm realizing that I have to learn this stuff and go back and do it. So do you find that it's tough for people that you coach to actually take that step back before, you know, because they feel like they're, everybody feels like they're behind kind of thing is what you were saying. Do you find it's hard for people to take that step from before, like back basically to where they feel comfortable yeah so the process that we follow really puts a lot of attention into understanding how the thought processes work like like how your brain is programmed essentially and you know how to transform that so something that you're talking about Derek and and correct me if I'm wrong but um, what I'm hearing is collect the evidence of what it is that you're able to do and then just use that and whatever is the next thing that you're tackling, right? And collecting evidence from whether it's your past experience or talking to other people about what it is that you're good at is uh, sometimes eye-opening, right? Because mm -hmm. here's the thing, our minds evolved to be negative, right? To notice the things that we're bad at, because why? That helped our survival, right? It doesn't help in the modern times with our modern jobs, but it did help back when we were cavemen, right? And it helped like replaying those negative scenarios in your head and, you know, trying to figure out how you can do it better next time. Or it, it was really good to be negative and harsh for yourself in your own mind, because again, that helped your survival. So when you were talking about, um, you know, feeling uncomfortable a little bit, chances are that you were just kind of like letting the evolutionary brain, you know, be negative and not having a real assessment of how your skills fit the project mm -hmm. that you were working on. Okay. That I makes sense. It. It's you being know, real. You know? This is sort of like, uh, this is an interesting insight. Um, but the other day, Linus and I, my five-year-old, we were talking about cavemen and he said, dad, um, were cavemen animals? And I was like, no, son, cavemen were basically, they're, they're just like us. They're humans. And what I just realized was like, we're basically cavemen with smartphones. <laughs> like our, <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, we, we haven't evolved really much past those 200,000. How, how old, how old are humans? 200,000, 20,000, whatever we are. We're, Allegedly. we haven't really evolved, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not an archeologist, geologist, whatever. I'm not, I ain't no scientist. Um, but, you know, we haven't really evolved past that. I think that's like a really interesting, a really interesting way to put it, though, is, you know, we, we really do a lot of that stuff to ourselves. And mm. that goes back to that reframing it. Right. Like we have this instinctual response to a stressful event. Right. These stressors, they we you know, all these chemicals are going off in our head. We're not even thinking it's just instinctually happening to us. And that's a really interesting point, though, that idea that like stepping back, thinking about it, you know changing the way you think about it i don't know i just thought about that that was interesting it's super powerful by the way you know yeah. because your mind can bring can can move you to the brink of harming yourself yeah. or 
it can hype you up for doing some incredible things. The question is, how does your mind work and how do you reprogram it to go where you want it to go, right? I studied logical fallacies for a while um, with a friend of mine, just diving into a lot of different types of fallacies, the Texas sharpshooter fallacy, the planning fallacy, all these different Texas things that we do. What is that? Oh, it's one of my favorites, dude. <laughs> Can you one tell of my me? favorites. I'm intrigued. You what is t- that? Imagine taking a gun and shooting it at a wall, okay? Okay. Br- oh, blindly shooting gonna... it at yeah, a wall. Okay. And then you take the target and you move it to where most of the bullets are. Hmm. Okay. So it's like you f- you're 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 basically manipulating your interpretation of data that's what it's all about um oh yeah we do it all the time oh it's crazy and in in doing that i started to realize that things like long-term thinking as opposed to short-term thinking like that's not evolutionary in like my brain doesn't want to think long term it wants to prevent the next lion from coming into my cave you know what i mean like I, if if something happens in my house and like like that like the neighborhood had a break in recently or something like that, first thing on my mind is I got to make sure nobody gets into this house, you know. And it's like because I'm I'm evolutionarily predispositioned to feel that way. I just find that fascinating. Learning about those things has helped me out a lot in getting through confusing moments in my career, you know. I think it's a fun fact that you mentioned that, Derek, because there's another thing that has a huge impact on how you think right now and that's your cultural upbringing right Mm -hmm. so when clients come to me and they share similar history that I do being an immigrant to United States and trying to figure out how the way I grew up fits into this new perspective and this new life that I'm living because (laughs) short-term thinking is um, a cultural thing in United States right so What that would mean in terms of uh, company setting, it's prioritizing the goals for the next quarter Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, building for long term. But, for example, for my clients who come to me uh, that grew up in uh, somewhere in Asia, a lot of Asian culture uh, puts a much more priority on that long term thinking and like building Mm -hmm. a solid foundation to make sure that whatever it is that you do is going to, you know, really last so there are evolution aspects to it absolutely but cultural upbringing also like plays a big role in it in how you think yeah yeah i I was gonna say was like this same idea of understanding your evolutionary tendencies the same idea would be understanding your biases Right. And sort of mm-hmm. different and mm-hmm. not exactly the same here, but like, you know, what you're you're you might be predisposed to making one decision in a split second versus another. And being aware of those biases can help you make a better decision uh, or, again, kind of reframe how you make a decision. So I, I really like that idea, though, like just, un- again, understanding that where you come from and stuff, being able to change you know, that. It's it's interesting, too, because it's it's in levels. It, or it's how do I, I let me describe it because it's hard to describe without des- describing it um, really quick. So you come from a culture of you know, I'm in the United States, but I'm also from New Orleans, Louisiana, where there is a different way of talking, a different like more laid back approach to life in general, um, more uh, casual conversation when in business. And then there's my teams that I've been on 
you know, what they're like, that small little community. And this team I'm on right now, it's very interesting, is that I heard something, we had a, a discussion, and the, and it went like this. You know, there's always got to be someone that goes to the big boss and, you know, risks getting chewed out or yelled at. And I'm like, is do you really feel that way? Do you really feel like you're at risk of getting yelled at when you go share your opinion? He's like, that's business. It's like, oh, I see. So it's that kind of like having a lot of experiences too. Um, I, I find that it's, that can help with that. You know, I don't have a million experiences. But the more you have, the more you're like, oh, something's off here. here. You know, and, and maybe that's uh, that's comes with being a coach. You kind of get a lot of those experiences. I wonder if that is helping you out coaching people and having those experiences to even have more insights. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I can relate to all these problems, you know, <laughs> and I can relate to how, you know, how this can stop you in your career because you're communicating with certain assumptions that are just plain not true for the people that you're communicating with, yeah. right? So that definitely helps. Now, I love that, you know, uh, you mentioned about, you know, having experience helping you out understanding certain situations because, um, you know, as a coach, I get to not only coach from my experience, but also from all the experiences of my clients, right? So I have access to this shared knowledge base of all the people that I've worked with in addition to my own experiences, right? And that's what makes my coaching so powerful and really helps my clients get amazing results. All right, so we we talked a little bit about you know we, we I think we kind of danced around it a little bit. And we gave a lot of like I think pretty deep insights and in, uh, how we kind of maybe avoid it. But I'm wondering, do you have any uh, aside from the idea of reflecting? Are there any other tips that you might offer for avoiding either burnout or running on autopilot? Some ways to just kind of snap yourself out of it if it's even that possible. I don't know. Absolutely. So something to keep in mind is, and I, I see for a lot of software engineers that they really care about ownership of a project, right? And ownership of a project is fun. You see it, how it grows, whatnot. What a lot of people forget about taking ownership of your time, mm -hmm. right? So being mindful where your time goes, uh, being able to put kind of like time range for like problem that you're solving so it doesn't take too much of your time and being also very oh, there's a word i'm missing now i'm probably thinking about it in polish right now and i'm like <laughs> what's the translation here whenever you you really put yourself first and schedule downtime so we oftentimes like whenever if someone you know is into planning they usually plan the things they want to achieve and we forget about you know achieving top self-care top relaxation but whenever we do care for ourselves that's when we get to be more motivated more energized and you know have more creative energy to bring to work to solve problems right so scheduling downtime being intentional that's the word being intentional about putting a massage in your calendar a visit at a chiropractic office or getting maybe acupuncture to relieve some back pain from sitting in front of the computer all the time, right? Or scheduling time without internet, without your phone, just having a walk in the nature to detox from, from the digital world. That's uh, another thing that can help in self-care, avoiding burnout. I highly recommend also meditating 
and being mindful on how your situations affect you, kind of like being aware, right? Awareness is, is key. Mindfulness is really key to my business and what it is that I'm about in life and uh, what I want to share with my clients, really. Uh, I, I love that, though. I mean, it, it, and it's hard to give like specific tips. Like every, every situation is different. I think like what what might help me might be completely different for Derek. Might be might be completely different for somebody else, and I think that's maybe it's like I don't, that's part of like I think being a coach too, right? It's like you don't have all the answers, but you can kind of help each of these people find it on their own. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Asking for tips might be a silly thing here, but I, well, I think she, that's true. Like mindfulness, though, I think is the big one. She gave guiding principles. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. and they, these are the things that are gonna be very similar across a lot of folks, and so. I think anyone could take the advice that yeah. uh, Dagny gave us today and, and, and use it to get through what they have to get through in life in general um, a little bit easier and a little bit smoother and a little bit more consistent way. So yeah, I think it's fantastic right. stuff. I love it. All right. So um, just to kind of recap a little bit before we close out of here, I think, you know, when you see yourself being, you know, just like running on all pie, mindlessly doing things, not even realizing it. I feel like when you when when you do a stand up and you have to like go back and look at your emails and figure out what you did yesterday, like to me, that kind of means Ooh, like, that's perfect. I don't know what I did. I have no idea what I did yesterday. I know I did stuff. I was working all day, but I have no idea what I did. That kind of stuff, I think, to me is is when I think about you know running on autopilot and 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 eventually getting burnt out. So uh-huh, yeah. I don't know. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. I, I love that idea of just being mindful and and actually scheduling self care. Schedule self care has such like I think I don't know uh, like a bougie sound to it. Like you know, not everybody can afford it. <laughs> not everybody self-care, can self care. You know I mean? Right? Are you kidding me? But I, I think the idea of just <laughs> of like taking a minute, going for a walk, stepping away, just like you know, uh, you know, I think that's one thing with so- software developers or software in general you know, designers, product managers, whatever, we have such a hard job in that, like, it's very mentally draining a lot of times. Physically, we just sit in a chair. In the soft pace of everything, right? I mean, the technology advances, like, from one day to another. So if you want to keep up, it's really hard to say, hey, wait a minute. I need to take care of myself now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just, like, stepping back. And, like, I I found, you know, going and just taking a walk, you realize, oh, that's the answer I was looking for or whatever that can also help just like, you know, even just solve problems. But, um, I love that being mindfulness. Um, I think that's really important. All right. So we've got, uh, a game we like to play with our guests called this or that we schedule about two minutes. You want to uh, do a few, this or that questions. Dagny, you have, Absolutely. You have some time. How, how do I play? Uh, oh, we yeah, ask you a question fantastic. and just off the top of your head, this or that boom, boom, boom. And, um, I'll set a timer for two minutes. And uh, we will try not to judge you very, at least very harshly. <laughs> there's only uh, one sure question we judge people on. <laughs> there's only one. And if you listen to the show, you know what the right answer is. All right. Um, uh, we're going to start off slow and then we'll get a little bit, uh, a, little, a little harder as we go. Uh, dog or cat? Cat. All right. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Phone call or text? Text. Cardio or weights? Hmm. Cardio. Cardio. All right. This was something I don't really do anymore at all. <laughs> After COVID, I don't do any exercise. So my ass all day. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, ice cream, cone, or a cup? Ooh, cone. All right. I mean, cone is the reason I even buy ice cream. Uh, waffle cone. She might as well cone. just get rid of the ice cream. Just <laughs> get the cone. Right? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Waffle cone or cake cone? Waffle. Waffle. I love waffle. I like waffle. I, you know what I do? I like a waffle bowl. I like a dish, a waffle dish. Put the Ooh, scoop yeah. in the bowl, and then you know, then we, it doesn't dribble over your hands that way. Um, all right, Mac or PC? 
Mac. All right. IDE or Notepad? Um, it depends which language you're using. Ah, okay. All right. Good answers. All right. We're going to kick it retro here. Uh, Space Invaders or Pong? Pass. Pass. Neither one? <laughs> All right. Uh, nope. Buttons or zippers? You can't pass on this one. You got to have you gotta Ooh, have zippers. zippers. I have kids. <laughs> My kids cannot figure out the buttons. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. All right. Making money or spending money? Making. All right. This one's a good one. A good question for a developer. Tabs or spaces? Tabs. All right. Um, this is a Harry Potter question. Mentor or Dementor? <laughs> Mentor? mentor. Was, Derek came up with that one. I, I saw I'm not even really sure what Dementor is. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Derek likes it, so I ask. All right. Um, this one is really important. Uh, love or money? Love. All right. Got a couple of uh, European questions for you. American football or football? <laughs> Real football. Football. All right. Uh. Now that you've lived in the U.S. for a while, I hate to put you on the spot, but EU or U.S.? <laughs> Depends on what phase of life you're in. Retirement, Europe, definitely. But, you know, being young and still making money in order to advance and save up, U.S. is definitely yeah. the place. Even though be. you might only get three weeks paid vacation, <laughs> including sick days. I mean, that's why I'm on my own right now. That's and it. I my own schedule. Yeah, Gets all, all the vacation right. she wants. Last question. This one's really important. Star Trek or Star Wars? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Star Wars. Star here. Wars. Oh, it's okay. So close. Right. so close. I'll I'll, I'll right. pipe in the uh, oh sound. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it right now, and then and then I'll yeah. I'll put it in there. Put it in there. All right, we'll we'll fix it in post. Um, all right. Well, that's it. That is all of our questions. Um, Dagna, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun and super insightful. I love uh, your Fantastic. ideas on mindfulness and just reflection and uh, helping you get to that next stage in your career. If you want to check out Dagna, check her out at themindfuldev.com, and we'll post some links uh, to Twitter and YouTube for her on um, in our show notes, so peep that. Check us out on retrotimepodcast.com. Uh, get yourself some stickers, retrotimepodcast.com slash stickers. And if you want to review uh, the show, leave a five-star review, send us a little email with a screenshot, and Derek will write you your very own review jam. Still, still waiting on people to do that. Nobody's doing it. <laughs> no, they've um, done it. There's a few. There's a few out there. <laughs> there's a few. There's a few. Out uh, there. So do it, and we'll have more. Um, all right. So that's that. That's all I got, Derek. Look, I just want to say thank you so much. It was a very insightful conversation. I got a lot out of this today. I'm off work. I took off uh, for the holidays, and okay. this is um, a Christmas miracle yeah, to have you on. It really is. So thank wow. you so much. I feel so honored with you saying that, and I'm so happy that I had the chance to be here with you guys today. It was very cool. Yeah. Well, I forgot how to say goodbye. Is it Chesh? Well, Chesh is, is high in goodbye. What is goodbye? Uh, oh, uh, Dovitsenya. Uh, Dovitsenya uh, Pozny. We'll talk soon, right? <laughs> right? We'll talk soon? Is that he's that so good. Oh, he's so um, good. Or we'll see each other soon. Dovitsenya Pozny. Right? What does that mean? See you later. See you later. Okay, I remember. Yeah, that's right. All okay. right. We'll see you right. later, everybody. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> see you. All right. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>